This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, the unusual layout of controls creates a problem for the pilot of a Piper Tri-Pacer. Find out what happens in In the Dark by Gilbert Halas. It was Cavu all the way from Hanover County near Richmond, Virginia to Doylestown, Pennsylvania, where my granddaughters, both beautiful and bright, live. An easy hour and 45 minute flight that I had made many times in my Piper Tri-Pacer, a craft that has served me well for over 50 years. It has taken me reliably coast to coast several times and as far down the Caribbean as St. Martin. Among November 4787 Alpha's strong points are its cruise speed of 100 knots, which allows for a lot of time to think, the interconnected rudder and ailerons, which negate the need for an autopilot, as you can steer with your feet while handling paperwork, and a 5-hour duration at 8.6 gallons per hour, which exceeds the endurance of my 3-hour bladder. As for comfort, the front seats are on an inclined slide that gives more headroom as the seats go rearward, and the center of gravity is right at the front seats, the battery located under the co-pilot's seat. The master switch and starter are cleverly hidden from would-be thieves under the pilot's seat. My flight bag fits nicely under my knees, providing comfort and easy access to charts and flight paraphernalia. My visit was wonderful, and the trip home promised to be equally delightful. Traffic advisories from Philly and Baltimore approach were exceptionally good, and with the setting sun reflected on the underside of the big airplanes, I spotted traffic immediately. Baltimore even congratulated me on my quick sightings. Darkness hit quickly as I passed over southern Maryland. The stars seemed equal to the number of lights coming from farms along the way. My thoughts wandered from the families sitting down to dinner, the wonderful day I had had, and the beauty of flight. As the stars and lights hazed over at first, I thought it was because of my misty eyes, but I soon realized that there was dense ground fog marring the tranquility of the evening. With 20 minutes to go to my destination, but with the deepening ground fog, 
I thought it prudent to divert to Richmond International instead of trying to get into home base. Before attempting contact with Richmond Approach, I decided to study my approach plates first. As I was grabbing them, it happened. Complete and total electric failure. Immediate darkness inside and out. No radios and no panic yet, but real concern. I cranked in a little nose-up trim and did my best to think through my next move. Years back, I had put Velcro on the bill of my flying cap and affixed a pen light to it. Unfortunately, it was back on the hat shelf and out of reach. I had my handheld radio handy, but it worked best with the external antenna. And in the darkness, I couldn't fly and affix it. Should have hooked it up before it got dark. As it got closer, I could call up Richmond and get a precision no-gyro approach if I could stay upright long enough. Taking a deep breath, I tried to relax and diagnose the problem. The last thing I did before the failure was get my approach plates out of my bag, which was under my knees and which leans up against the panel, which contains the master toggle switch. Like a flash, as they say, I turned the toggle on, light restored, and except for the IFR conditions, all was good. Calling Richmond, I got a clearance for the ILS to runway 16 and a vector that, as luck would have it, took me right over Hanover County Municipal Airport. I spotted the bright orange light through the haze, which I knew to be the truck stop one half mile from the runway. I told Richmond I had Hanover in sight and landed with no damage to the airplane and only psychological damage to the pilot. In the future, I will plan ahead better and remember, if something goes wrong, to ask, what was the last thing I did before calamity struck? The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at AOPA.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earle. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.